Well, good morning or good afternoon, I guess it is now. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Uh, today's our Any Lab Test Now. We're going to talk about some ways that you can stay healthy. We hear all these things about masks and everything else you can do to prevent COVID, and that's fine. But what we don't hear a lot about is some of the really basic things you can do for your body uh, to keep it um, in a better place so that you don't um, that you're more immune to COVID. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today and some of the other testing that they do at any lab test. Now, um, we may have commissioner County commissioner Jay Bosevic coming into our show in a few minutes here. We don't know if he gets out of his meeting in time. He wants to talk about vaccines and kind of how the state's, uh, messed up that whole process. And then I wanted to let you guys know the governor just announced, um, the, that some of the Portland area is finally opening up. Uh, to restaurants, their numbers are dropping. Unfortunately, uh, we're still in extreme levels in Benton County, Coos County, Crook County, Jackson County, Jefferson County, Josephine County, Lane County, Marion County, Polk County, and there's a couple others that are out of the area. So um, unfortunately, it looks like Lane County is going to be in this uh, state of outdoor dining uh, gyms at a ridiculously low level. I can say that it's my show and um, for having them in and we're not moving anywhere out of that at all. Um, so we're going to go right to uh, talking a little bit about some stuff. You guys ready? Okay. Stephanie, you got your hair ready. Okay. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you on my page. You guys, this is it's Stephanie. They are owners of any lab tests. Now uh, one of our clients, but also a really, one of the things that we don't talk enough about, talk a lot about masks and washing our hands and six feet distance and social distancing, which is all okay. That's good. But we're not talking a lot about staying healthy. And you guys, vitamin D has been linked to, to preventing and avoiding it. Well, yeah, exactly. It seems like there's one uh, scientific article after another stating that there's definitely a link between our health uh, in general, in vitamin D, and uh, you know, just lately with COVID, there's there's been a lot of research going into that. So, um, yeah, I, I do find it uh, very interesting. We're not medical doctors, so I don't know the exact metabolic pathway and exactly how it necessarily works. But I think there's just been one link after another that's been discovered uh, recently. So. Well, the new the research shows that. Um, you, number one, might be less likely to actually get COVID if your vitamin D levels are high. And then also, if you do um, end up getting COVID, it will help you actually fight the disease better and you might not get it sick. And there, there are several articles out there that um, have research that, that shows both of those things might actually be the case. Well, I've had emails from people, even doctors saying, why aren't, why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't people talking about getting their vitamin D levels up, especially in Oregon, especially this time of year when the cloud cover is everywhere? Um, it's also good for depression, uh, seasonal depression, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and you guys, one of the things I've learned from working with you is you guys do the testing. So there's a great way to figure out where your level is, whether you need to be doing anything. Yeah, I mean, we do the testing and we do the injections here. So, um, you know, we've always been surprised that we haven't had, a, you know, that every single person in Eugene hasn't decided to get their vitamin D levels 
tested um, in general anyway, you should because of depression and, and our uh, very rainy, gloomy winters that we can have here. But then in addition to the COVID information, you know, it just seems like that would be at the forefront of everybody's minds. Or go to your doctor and get your vitamin D um, checked, get on a supplement, come in here, get an injection. Um, it's just something really simple and really easy and really affordable that people can do to protect themselves, especially right now. And, I, you know, I know you can supplement with pills, but um, it, doesn't the shot actually go into your body a little bit better? Don't you absorb it better? Somebody called me yesterday and she said, when you just take the pills, sometimes you just pee them out. And when you get a shot of vitamin D, it actually absorbs into your body better. Yeah. I, you know, Rick, that's debatable. Uh, okay. I've done both injections and taken the pills. I do know that with some vitamins and or drugs, that uh, when you adjust them orally, it's got to make it through your digestive system. So what you initially take could be a lot different um, than what goes through your digestive system. Whereas something that goes right into your, you know, your, your body through an injection, in my opinion, might have a better chance of staying in the form that it was injected in. But you also feel when you get your injection, you can feel the difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really rapid. I don't notice. I, I don't really, but he does. I did with the I did with the vitamin B and the B12. I noticed a huge difference in what I'm. Somebody's linking an article here about all of this to um, to our screen here. So you guys talk to me about COVID testing that you're doing now. The, the stuff you're doing because a lot of people don't know in the Portland area, Medford places like that, doctors are doing so much other COVID testing, they're not really testing for travel, and you guys do. Um, yeah, so we do uh, we do quite a bit of um, testing for travel. Uh, we, we have people actually driving down from Portland because they can't get a doctor's appointment because um, most doctors are just doing symptomatic people at this point. Um, so there's not a lot of options out there. Uh, so we do we do testing for travel. We do the rapid antigen test, which some people use for going back to work, uh, an event that they might be having. Most places don't accept that for travel, um, but places like Alaska, um, you know, they'll accept that. But if you're traveling internationally, you're going to need the PCR test for travel. Um, and we do that, and uh, you can get in. Usually, always get in the same day. Um, to do that test. We also do the antibody test to see if you've been previously exposed. Now, what is the purpose of having the antibody test? What you and I were talking about this the other day, but kind of explain that to people. Um, well, I, you want to well I think with the antibody test, uh, what most people want to know is if they have been exposed to the virus. And, uh, you know, that may be people who, uh, A, just want to know, or B, are thinking about getting a vaccine and might use uh, that as a determinant factor if they get the vaccine or when they're gonna get the vaccine. And we just picked up a new, I know there's been a lot of press about antibody testing not being that accurate, and, and I think that's true. But we just picked up another, essentially an antibody test, that's a blood test, not a spit test. So if you wanna talk about that. Um, well, we, we don't know a lot about it yet, actually, but it is um, it is a new test that a lot of the labs, two of them have come out with it that we have access to, but it detects antibodies slash immunity. So basically what they're thinking is that people that um, have been vaccinated 
um, after they get both of their shots, may want to get this test to see if the vaccination actually gave them immunity. But we don't have a ton of information on how accurate that's going to be. Because it's very new, right? It's, it's brand new, yeah. It's brand new. So, so instead of coming in and doing just the plain antibody test, you would have a you would have this. It's called antibody slash immunity. Um, we are offering it, but we don't know. You know, as they develop these new tests, right? The newer ones they become more and more accurate over time. So, so they're so, kind of in phase one with this test. So Dakota wants to know how far back does the antibody test go? Would it go back to last March? Do, you, do we know how effective it is, how far back? Well, that's the tricky question about antibodies because there, there are four different antibodies um, and they all have a different time frame with them. Uh, so you probably can speak to that better than I can. Well, I, you know, what I would say is the science is still out on that. Right. As, uh, as they're still publishing data regarding the immunity for people who've had the infection and how long that they can expect reasonably to be immune from getting a new infection. And, you know, the, the first, um, the first recommendations that were coming out were that people after they got it were, immune for three months and then it went up to five months and you know i'm not sure what it is lately but as more time goes by we get more history with covid I, you know they're going to keep moving that up but um, as far as how long they're immune so uh, you know and it could be who knows i mean next year at this time we could be looking at uh scientists saying that people who've had the covid infection are immune up for two years right well and, and to be honest i mean we have had people come in here that have had a positive they have tested positive to COVID previously. Maybe it was, you know, a month prior to or six months and their antibody test has come back uh, negative. I mean, we, we've definitely had that as yeah. well. So if somebody's asking, Carol's asking, is it vitamin D3 or D? The shot. You know, that's, yeah, D3 is what we have. In our D3. So Carol, it's D3 is what they're doing. So this, you subject yourself to something untested and you go back and see if it works. Unbelievable. Renee, we didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually that to, to, to this point, like us owning the lab here, we aren't, we aren't sitting here telling you, Hey, everybody, you need to go out and get all of these tests. Or we're not saying, Hey, we're promoting travel. Everybody travel. It's safe and it's ethical to travel for whatever reason. That we're not saying that about anything. We're providing a place. If, you need it. So if you need to travel to go see a sick loved one or for your job, we provide that here. We are not advocates for saying it's safe for everybody to travel right now. We have nothing to do with that. Um, our, that our opinions are our own on that, but our business here provides that for people that need it. Right. And so this is, um, there's, there's people that do need to travel for business, um, family, things like that, and they cannot get tested because the doctors are, are booked. And so this is an option for them to be able to do what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I know that people will criticize people for traveling right now because everybody criticizes everybody for everything right now. I went to Montana so, and so I don't care. Yeah, so we're just basically saying like, you know, we, I mean, if you don't think travel is safe, whatever, that's up to you, but we're providing a place for people that need it for whatever reason. Or if they're just gonna go on vacation and they feel like they wanna go and it's safe for them, great, come in here and we'll get you set up. So you guys do a lot of DNA testing too, don't you? Yeah. 
So what is that like to find paternity of, of a child or something like that? Is that what most of it is? Uh, well, we're, yeah. So most of the time um, there we're doing paternal uh, paternity testing. Um, we do quite a bit of um, the prenatal paternity test, which is coming in and finding paternity out, um, you know, before you've had the baby. So we actually do a lot of those here. And it's, and a, it's a simple blood test. And then tell them about Peekaboo, because that's pretty cool. Yeah, right. Peekaboo is cool. So you can find out um, what the sex of your baby um, and it needs to be eight, at least eight weeks along. And what was normal? Like, I don't, I mean, it's been, I, it's been a long time since I've had children. Um, I think it was like five months. Is five yeah. months is when we have the ultrasound. It might, it might be more, I don't know. We're so old now and we had babies a long time ago. Yeah. So now in eight weeks, you could find out the sex of your child. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's fairly inexpensive. I think it's, I, I believe it's 129. Yeah, right in there. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about the one that is uh, like a big, um, the, the quiet one, the STD testing. You guys do a ton of STD testing and it's probably because you are truly, um, you, you can do it anonymously. People can give you a name and you just, you, they don't have to give you, I don't have to come in and say, hi, I'm Rick Dancer. I need to have these different tests done. Yeah, correct. I mean, you, as far as we're concerned, if you come in and your name is Joe Smith, you're Joe Smith. And we try and make it as, um, how should I say it, as stress-free as possible. If somebody does have a concern, they can always call in prepay online for the test. And then we have a separate private room in here where they, we could just take them right in there. We don't need to discuss uh, any of their testing at the front counter. We can take them right into a private room, have that discussion, do the blood testing in there, and then they're out. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, and then they can pick up their results. So we can email them, um, whatever they prefer. So uh, we can make it very quiet, very confidential, and um, you know, I guess, yeah, yeah. Well, before we talk about that, but uh, but yeah, yeah I I do more of the book work here, so um, I'm not at the front counter and I don't answer the phones and I'm not doing the testing. But one thing I did notice when I was reviewing our um, I was reviewing our different tests that we've performed since the beginning of December, and I, that, that was just a snapshot. I didn't go previous to that, but I pull my reports. I walk in the test office and I'm like, what is going on with STDs? This is, it is, our testing has exploded. Now, I don't know if that's because the community health centers are so bogged down with COVID that they can't test, but, uh, you know, on our end, it, uh, it was a dramatic increase. So if it's not because uh, the community health centers are slowing down or because people aren't getting those tests with their doctor, then I would suspect that people found a lot of, you know, very, um, I guess natural ways to entertain themselves during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the other the other uh, thing that we do provide, um, you know, during COVID, you keep hearing on the news people that don't want to go to the hospital, they don't want to go to their doctor's office um, because they don't want to expose themselves. So they're not getting the tests that they need. They're not taking care of themselves. Right. And um, you know, we we can provide a place that is 
it feels like a clinic when you come in here, but it's very private. There's not very many people in here. So if you're hesitant to go somewhere super public to get some testing done that you've needed to get done, and COVID is, you know, we could arrange a time where we make an appointment for you to come in um, when there's nobody here. Like, it's very easy to get in and get the over 8,000 health tests that you might want to check in on because you haven't been to the doctor in a year. Right. I was reading a report the other day, and it said one of the really um, sidebar impacts of the COVID reaction is that so many people are dying of heart attacks because they're not getting they're, they're not getting checked and diabetics are not getting their insulin checked they're afraid to go to the doctor and you're don't come here have a heart attack <laughs> no, no but i mean to keep their medication to keep things up they're not taking they're afraid to go in there and your guys this place is really they're very quiet and private you know what i mean it's like not like um it's very clean and it's i think that every time i'm in there people are just you know, they're coming in and coming out. It's not like a big, there's not a waiting, like 10 people waiting in line usually, you know, like when I when I think about going to a public center, I'll leave it that way. Um, it, it can get pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really easy for us to find a time if somebody were to call and say, hey, you know, uh, actually we had somebody just the other day that didn't want to come inside. And so we just went out and did everything in her car. Very easy for her not to have to come inside. Um, so, yeah. we, we took an interesting specimen yesterday, Rick, that we haven't got to share with you, but somebody came in with about an eight inch worm and yeah, and a glass tube with, with alcohol that they had um, excreted um, through their <laughs> bowel system. Yeah. Oh my God. And this is somebody who hasn't left the country in the last year. So the only thing that when filling out the forms and um, what's that doing? Oh, is that they possibly, the only thing that they've taken that they think could have possibly given them this word might be crowded. Huh. That is so. It's, it's ground up and, you know, usually shipped from other countries. So, um, so you didn't take a picture and post it on Facebook or anything? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Who could look at it to take the picture? It technically yeah. doesn't belong to us. <laughs> um, hey. But we do. What people don't know uh, is actually we do a lot of like uh, heavy metal poison testing. We've had we've had quite a few um, suspected poisonings the last couple of months. Um, so we do heavy metal panels. We do parasite identification. Um, we sent a pair of underwear off a couple of months ago to, I mean, we do a lot of funky, weird things outside yeah, of just yeah, you, typical. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> um, so Dakota just jumped on midstream. This is any lab test now, Eugene. Uh, Dakota, they're over off of Garfield, kind of across Ketty Corner from Wetlands. Um, and uh, just really easy access into there. Um, Adam and Stephanie, I do have Commissioner Jay Bosevich uh, okay. to just join me on here. So I'm going to leave you in here. If you have a question, I may pull you out. But if you have a question, wave to me, okay? Wait, can I, can I, hey, Rick, before you start with him, are you coming back to us or are we done? Because I have one quick thing. Okay, give me your one quick thing. Um, so just for people who are traveling for whatever reason, um, United Airlines has this awesome um, section. If you go on united.com and then you, you click on travel info, and it says, see what's open for travel. It tells you what's going on in every single 
state in the United States and also every country so that you can figure out how and when to get your PCR travel test. It's way more accurate than like the embassies or anything else that you can find. Okay. It's a great tool. So Penny, Penny came on here and she said, wow, this is very interesting to me. <laughs> you guys, that's why when I go have a meeting with Adam and Stephanie, I'm there for like an hour and 20 minutes because there's never a shortage of, of interesting stories. All right, let me bring on the commissioner. I'm going to pull you guys off. If you have a question and you guys are in there, Stephanie and Adam, just wave and I'll see you on the screen so you can ask if you want to, okay? Okay. All right, I'm going to pull you guys out. And you guys, this is, hey, Jay, thanks for being here. I'm happy to be here. And, and fascinating topic before, and they, they answered my question in the chat room. Um, I actually had a constituent ask me about where they could get the, a water well tested for Giardia. So if they're if they do Giardia test, I'll pass that on to my constituent. Do you guys do you guys do that? Oh, we do we do test for Giardia. Uh, as far as right out of a well, I'll, okay, we can send it. Okay, good. All right, there we go. Hey. Yeah, there you go, you guys. Okay, so, Jay, I heard you on uh, talking with Bill London on KPNW the other day, and my ears perked up uh, because you had called him or emailed him because you're very concerned that Lane County. Um, well, wh why don't you just go right off? I could I could put my spin on it, but then I'd be like a typical news guy, and I I really don't want to be that guy anymore. So why don't you talk about what you're concerned about with the vaccines and how this is being rolled out? Yeah, so. For a couple reasons, I, I've become really concerned with how the state is basically setting the counties up to be the fall people for the chaos that's coming with the vaccine rollout. Um, you know that there was comments from OHA last week. You know their their talking head guys basically said there was going to be chaos when they added the 80 plus folks to the list. But what they're not telling people and what I informed Bill London of is we don't get notification from the Oregon Health Authority till late Thursday evening or Friday morning of how much vaccine they're going to give us for the following week and who we're allowed to give that to. So I, I, copied, I sent him a copy of the email that I got from OHA uh, that was timestamped 6 p.m. Thursday night telling us that we were going to get 3,200 doses of Moderna for first, uh, first vaccines for the following week, 2,000 of which were going to be set, set aside for the 80-plus folks, 800 for educators, and only 400 for Phase 1A. Which now, is, what is Phase 1A? Is that seniors? No, Phase 1A was the medical providers, first responders, and nursing home um, workers and and residents, you know, that long-term care facilities, which covers some of the seniors, but we still have about 10,000 people left in phase 1A to vaccinate. And they, so, they only so, gave us 400 vaccines. And so we have 10,000 people in stage 1A, and now we're moving on to, to, to some, we've included now teachers in that whole thing. So we don't even have enough for the healthcare workers that we have, and we're already moving on to another group of people. Yeah, we've actually vaccinated over 5,000 educators in that educator group um, already. In Lane County. In Lane County, but we have over 6,000 seniors over 80 signed up in our system right now. If we had actually started with the seniors, we'd be 80% done with at least the 80 year olds. 
And you had mentioned on his show, and I already know this fact, but I'm going to let you talk about it, is your concern is now we've, and, and we love teachers too, but we brought in teachers. They're not at high risk. The seniors who are at high risk are now secondary to the teachers. Yeah, it, it's very simple to take the CDC data on, you know, number of cases and deaths by age group and figure out that if the older you are, the higher your chance of death is if you get COVID. And in fact, if you're over 85, you have a one in five chance of dying if you catch COVID. But if you're between 30 and 40, it's one in 1,000. So we are now vaccinating in that 5,000 educators, 30 year olds ahead of 80 year olds. It just doesn't make sense scientifically to do that. So I keep hearing us, we're talking about all the time that we're following the science, but we're not really following the science. No, it doesn't seem so. Um, and, I, and it just, you know, I understand wanting to try and get, you know, schools back open and all that stuff, but there, you know, there's a whole nother discussion we could have about how risky it is to open schools or not. I don't believe there is a high risk there. Um, but the moving educators ahead of seniors just doesn't work. And, and I noticed that somebody's commenting about prisoners. That wasn't Governor Brown. That was a judge that put the prisoners even ahead of educators. Um, so, you know, a judge's order actually even jumped, you know, 15,000 prisoners to the front of the line ahead of everybody. Um, so we're now at, you know, the state of Oregon advertised that we're opening up for seniors 80 and up. We haven't finished 1A. We've jumped prisoners ahead of everybody and we're doing educators ahead of seniors. So my real concern is they're setting us up to look like failures because right. we're not gonna be able to get to these 80 plus seniors because uh, we're, we're trying to finish these other groups first. Well, so, and you're putting those seniors at, at pretty high risk at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I would really encourage anyone, you know, watching and listening to contact the governor's office because this is coming directly from her office. The counties have no control over that priority list. She needs to stop at vaccinating educators and move the seniors to the head of the line. Why Finish do you think the seniors you, and then the educators? Why do you think she put educators ahead of the line? Well, let's see. The Oregon Education Association makes significant political donations during during uh, campaigns. And guess who they contributed to the most heavily in the last gubernatorial campaign? Huh. Well, when I ran against your secretary of state, they did the same thing. So I already knew that answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people have to understand. They keep saying, quit making this political. Well, then quit making this political. Yeah, quit making your decisions with politics in the background and make them based on data and science, you know, which gets me to a whole different topic of the fact that we're still an extreme risk in this county. And and the, the whole reason we are is because they've kept the University of Oregon open while they've shut down gyms that have no history of, of transmission but we've got the University of Oregon that's responsible for 33% of our cases over the last two weeks. So, cause I just read the numbers and I just saw that she made her decision and, and there we are, Benton County, probably Oregon State, um, us, 
you know, and, and we're all stuck in this. So businesses, businesses are just, I mean, I, some of my most liberal business friends are just, they're, they're, they're so, they're just hanging on by a thread and they're so angry about this because you can't expect people to, to do well in Oregon when it's this cold outside and putting a tent up with some couple of heaters. Now people, and people are spending thousands just to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I know, you know, businesses that where they've actually, because OSHA rules changed, had to redo their ventilation systems in their businesses to add extra filtration and, and turnover of the air and all that to make sure that they could stay open. Uh, and then they got closed down by, yeah. by the governor's change in the risk matrix. So it's just, um, you kind of shake your head. And I've been asking, this is a second thing people could ask the governor about. I've been asking for them to take the university out of our numbers, or at least if they're gonna keep the high risk, the extreme risk protections in place, have those apply to maybe a, a one mile radius of the university where you got 90% of the students and faculty and let the rest of Lane County open back up. Why is a, a restaurant in Florence being forced to stay closed for in-restaurant dining because a bunch of students can't stop socializing, you know, in private settings and spread COVID amongst themselves? So that's not being addressed at all. But here's the thing, Jay, that I, that that is so frustrating. If you, as an elected official, can't get her to listen. What what the hell is little Rick Dancer or you know Ann Bailey or Eric Johnson or Dakota Heisel? What what why was she going to listen to us? It doesn't appear that what do you do to get it so that the people are once again having their voice heard when instead of just one person? I, I I just it boggles my mind that we're putting up with this. Yeah. Well, I I am just one person also, even though I'm an elected official. Um, she needs to be hearing from many, many, many people. That's when elected officials kind of prick their ears up is when they see email after email come in and phone call after phone call to those lines about the same subject. So you were saying myself as it being, you know, because I'm registered in the other party, she can kind of ignore me pretty easily. But if she starts hearing from from everyday people in large numbers, that might change your mind. So you said, what was the percentage of, the, of our cases that were coming out of the U of O? Over the last two weeks, it was 33%. So we're being held back and businesses in our community are being held back because the University of Oregon is in our statistics. And, and these are young people who, you know, how we all were when we were young. Um, <clears throat> we didn't probably listen as carefully as we could have, or, you know, that's kind of kids will be kids. And I'm not making excuses, but I'm saying, you're holding an entire county down, Cresswell, Cottage Grove, uh, McKinsey Bridge, Springfield, Eugene, um, Venita, Elmira, Florence, Dune City. All of us are, are being held captive by this. And you've got businesses. I read in the Register Guard today, which I don't take the paper, but I saw it online. And I didn't spread the article because I refused to pay them to have the Internet. Because if you can't get with it and make it so that it's free, I'm not going to play. But the headline was, I think it was 25 or how many businesses in, I think it was just Lane County, uh, how many restaurants have gone out of business already. 
and I think I, I can't remember if it was 25 or 50. And I know that's a big spread, but I'm not a news guy anymore, so who cares? But it was in that paper. And, you know, that is those what I think sometimes people that start screaming at restaurants for trying to stay afloat or opening up what they think is not right um, is they forget that there's a whole family there. There's a whole bunch of people behind that. There's dreams. There's their income. There's um, one lady I know who had to open a restaurant. Her husband died recently and she's had cancer. And yet nobody can understand why she wants to open a restaurant. Um, it's that she has no options. It's not like she's getting massive amounts of health care to come in and make up for her husband's gone. Um, and But nobody wants to figure that stuff out. We just want to react to things. Yeah, and many of these businesses that are being shuttered by the high risk, extreme risk restrictions, their employees are some of the, the lowest income people in our county. And when you talk about some of these things like equity and all that, they're also disproportionately some of our racial minorities, uh, you know, that work in those kitchens and, and, and gyms and everything else. So this is punishing people on the lowest rung of our economic spectrum. Meanwhile, you know, professors at the U of O, they're, you know, probably tier one pers, you know, getting ready to retire with, with six figures are still employed. You know, it, it just, you know, the, the equity in all this, you know, as much as that, that side of the aisle likes to scream about it, sure doesn't seem very fair as I look at the lens of how they've rolled out these restrictions and whether they're actually doing something that makes a difference in the numbers. Well, I, I have said since the beginning and gotten hammered for it, but I just don't care anymore is as a good leader, if you want me to take a pay cut and you want all these restaurants to take huge pay cuts, then why doesn't our leadership uh, like the governor take a, a pay cut and show me the legislature. If, if this is the pain, it's, and people say, well, we're all in this together. Oh, no, we're not. We're all in this, but we're not together because it's a lot easier to criticize a restaurant for opening up than when you're getting a paycheck. And when you're not getting a paycheck, then I think you have a say in that. But there's a lot of people out there going, um, you know, still getting their money coming in. And some people are even doing better. And that's fine. I'm happy for them. But you got to remember that that's not that your judgment is a little bit off when you're looking at other people that way. Yeah. And, you know, my first year as a commissioner, Lane County had to make a 20 percent real dollar cut in our budget. I, I actually cut the commissioner's compensation, cut our office budgets and eliminated staff for commissioners. You know, we we shared that pain as elected officials. And I just don't quite see that happening up no. in, in Mahonia Hall. And you know, they need to hear from us. And I love that um, somebody put up the uh, Oregon legislature uh, website there as a comment. You know, Ms. Eric Johnson did. Yeah, Eric's. Now, Eric is a perfect example of he and I really. I don't. I've never met him that I know of. But and he. We. I think we are a little bit. He, he's more of a little bit left lean, and I'm a little bit right of middle. And uh, and yet we respect each other and and he's we're, we're in this together. That's where we are in this together. This isn't about Republican or Democrats. This is about fairness to people. And if we want this to reopen, I think businesses and people are going to have to just stop bitching about it and start putting that effort into an email to the proper people to make sure that there's some movement here because you can complain online and who gives a damn? Um, you've got to do something that really says something to something. Oh, 25 in Lane County, not just restaurants closed. Oh, okay, Dana, thank you. You read the article. Good. 
All right, Jay, anything else we need to chat about? So th that's your recommendation. People do that in terms of if, if senior citizens are out there and they're concerned because they're not on the list, it, don't call the Lane County commissioners because that's not where the problem lies. You need to get registered. So when it does open up, you can get it. But you, you need to write the governor if you have an issue with how this was changed so that you're not getting your vaccine until a month or two. Um, that's yeah. where the that's where the, the, excuse my language, but the shit needs to fly north. Yeah. yeah. I said that, you did. Yeah. yeah. The governor is where we need to apply the pressure to change the vaccine priority list and to change the business closures. That's where the decision's being made. So that's where you need to send your emails. But please, everyone that wants a vaccine, go to Lane County's website, click that you know yellow banner that's across the top on coronavirus, and then you'll see a, a link to take you to how to register. It takes less than two minutes. I did it last Friday, so did my wife uh, and a bunch of her employees. It's really fast and quick. And that way you kind of tell them how to contact you. They'll be in contact with you when, when, it, when things become more available, particularly as we start um, spreading out who's gonna be giving vaccines. If we get more, uh, we've got the ability to ramp up through uh, Fred Meyer pharmacies, Bimart pharmacies, and other places. So it may not be Lane County that's giving you that vaccine. So um, being registered through the system is gonna be the best way to have us communicate to you when you're eligible to get your vaccine. Hey, Jay, thank you for taking uh, time. I know you had to get out of a meeting and you've got more meetings this afternoon. Um, appreciate your time. And again, I wanna Give credit where it's due. Bill London, thank you for asking the hard questions and getting these people on there because I'm listening every morning and finding really interesting things to, to talk about. So, Jay, thank you. You're welcome, Rick. Thank you. Uh, see you later. All right, you guys. So that's what it is. And we can't do these shows without people like um, Adam and Stephanie with Any Lab Test Now. Um, so if you like that we're putting on other content and you like that we're asking the, the hard questions that other people aren't wanting to ask, um, if you like that we're pushing you a little, um, then when you need lab testing done or need some stuff like that done, go show a little love to our sponsors because we can't do this without them. And that's how this world works. Um, you rub my back, you rub their back. And that's how we all get this thing rolling. So that's what works. So what did you learn here today? Um, you know, we have to be involved and we got to stop blaming and instead start doing. Um, you know, um, community is an action word. That means you have to do something. You can't sit like an empty lump on a log and sit around and bitch and complain about stuff. You have to get involved and do something. And don't let the people that disagree with you stop you from doing what you believe to be true in your own heart. Um, it's fine for them to disagree. It's fine for all of us to disagree, but it's not fine for somebody to bully and shut you down so that you don't participate in your community. So get involved, do the things that you need to do. And um, when you write your letter to the governor, don't be an ass. Um, she's a human being and we may not see eye to eye, but you write, people don't, if, I can't, I can't talk about that. When people write you an email and it starts off with something snarly, do you read it? I don't. I have a little button that goes boom and it's gone. So you want to start out and be kind and courteous and firm and tell what you believe. That's how you write a letter to people because yes, they are people. And you want the bottom line is it depends on your motivation. If your motivation is to feel better, I don't give a shit. If your motivation is to get something done, then you better be careful about how you write your letter.
I'm Rick Dancer. This is Get Real with Rick Dancer. We will be back tonight with a pretty touchy and interesting topic. Uh, Northwest estheticians, they're tattooists. And what they do is they tattoo over scars. And so tonight we have a very brave woman and she had her breasts removed and she had Im implants put in, but there's no nipple. And part of having a breast is having a nipple. That's just a fact. So we go to this company and they're going to tattoo a nipple on this woman and she's gonna tell us her story of why that's so important. If that makes you uncomfortable, then don't watch. Um, but if you are wanna understand why um, sometimes cosmetic things like that are so important uh, to a woman and to a human being, and that it can be done, then you should watch this show tonight. I cannot wait to meet her. And Ian and Michelle, you're gonna love them too because they're crazy. <laughs> but anyway, that's our story for tonight. Um, we got a lot more content this week. Again, thank you, Any Lab Test Now. And you guys go visit them, find out what they're doing. I, there's a whole bunch more comments here, uh, but I can't get to all you guys. So have a good day. And uh, Stephanie, Adam, thanks, man. Love you guys. Appreciate your, your uh, support.